Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. Okay, I got a question for you. Okay. Have you ever been in a situation where if you denied Christ, it would be a good thing, like it'd be a, it would be a gain? Like if you just deny him, like say I'm not a follower or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, the thing that came to my mind, I don't know if you would describe it as that. I'm but setting you up for something. I know, I'm ready. Okay. I don't so know if you know what I, I'm setting you up I for. I just gave my life to Jesus. Maybe this is what you're thinking. I just gave my life to Jesus. I'm in high school. I'm 16. And I know no other Christians. I'd never gone to church. And I start reading the Bible, and it is changing my life. And so... I go up to my best friend and, you know, she's she's like, why are you reading the Bible? And I'm reading the Bible every day in this study hall. And so here I am again telling her about what Jesus says in the Bible. And I push my Bible over to her and I said, read this, read this right here. And she looks at me and she goes, and she's whispering because we're in class. She goes, I am so sick of you telling me about Jesus in this stupid Bible. And she takes all these pages in my Bible and she rips them out. And I'm like, <gasps> and I was so mad and so upset. And I thought, I'm going to lose this friendship. I'm totally going to lose it. And I went home and I started praying. I said, Jesus, I must be messing something up because I wanted her to want to know you, but I must be doing something wrong that would make her not want to know you. And then I opened the Bible and I come to Matthew 5, where it says, Blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake. And I was like, what? What? And, you know, I have my (laughs) arms up like, yes, yes, God. But I lost that friendship. She didn't want to have anything to do with Mm. me. And I wasn't going to dumb down my faith and not talk about him because he was my everything. But there's more to this story that we can tell later. Yeah. Because she ends up back in your life later. But the reason I ask... Yeah, that question is because we're sitting here with John and Corey Cooper. Uh, I, I was going to say the front men and women of <laughs> the band Skillet. I guess there's a front man, which is John. But you guys, when I even watch you on stages with looks like tens of thousands of people out there, pre-COVID, I'm guessing. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, really. But it's so cool to see a husband and wife up leading all these young kids in songs that Glorify Christ. That's got to be sort of fun to do that as a as a married couple, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. lo- I mean, it's fun for me. What do you think? But it's totally fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I bet a lot of people ask, why Skillet? How did you come up with that name? People do ask that. And it's a question that I'm always asking myself, too. Why in the world <laughs> did I go with that dumb name? You know, like, um, you know, when we first started, we were all from different bands. And it was actually my pastor. Um, he said, hey, John, I think that you would work good with this other guitar player from this other band. And he said, you should start a side project and write some songs, see if it goes good. And it'd be like cooking, taking all these ingredients from different things and throwing a big skillet. And then somebody said, Dude, you should call us Skillet. That'd be funny. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, it won't last long. <laughs> wow. 25 years later, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Don't be rash in your decisions. Think about the name of your band before you commit to a thing. Yeah, I think God's teaching me. He's teaching me a lesson there about not being rash. And anyway, so I don't love the name Skillet, but it was the 90s. You know, as I pick up your book, which is just an awesome book, Awaken Alive to the Truth by John Cooper. You open, 
I, I think you call it pre-show, where you tell this story about an agent who came over to you as you were starting out. You weren't big yet. Well, I guess you're sort of big, but... You know, it was interesting discussion mm. that he says, if you deny Christ, you're really going to be rich and famous. Right. Tell us that story, because it's really interesting what went through, and it was the both of you making a decision. Yeah, I think what was interesting about the story, I, I did decide to open the book with it, because I was thinking, a lot of people, maybe they get their hands on this, won't know who I am. Maybe they won't understand why I'm writing this. This was the first and best example I had of when I started realizing really how deceitful the enemy is and what I think the enemy has really done a good job, unfortunately, in our culture and Christian culture right now, twisting the truth. And uh, basically, we were at the time we had a song that was just hitting at radio, our first one, 13 years in our career, and it was starting to hit. We were on a, a massive tour. We were the opening band. There's three other bands, all platinum artists. And so there was an after-show uh, bowling party, and they said, hey, all the bands are invited. And truthfully, I didn't want to go because we had kids, and they would Little wake up at 6 a.m., <laughs> and we couldn't hang out. But I didn't want to be the Christian band that never has any fun with anybody. I was like, I'll go bowling just to show them that I want to be buddies, and I'll leave early. But while I was there, somebody said, Hey, John, they called out to me, and I could not believe they knew who I was because these were big, important people in the rock world. These were radio people there, promoters, agents, and this was what, the agent and the promoter of the gig. I didn't know they knew my name, you know, and they said, hey, we want you to know, watch the show. You guys could, we think, could be the next biggest band in the world. And I was flabbergasted. Wow. I think you could be the next biggest band in the world. You guys need to strike while it's hot. He said, okay. And I said, all right. Wait, what What were you thinking right then? I just, I was just like, wow, that's just crazy. I don't know what he means by strike when it's hot, but I'm I'm here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not bowling when he strikes, <laughs> but I'm ready to strike, baby. What, okay, sounds good. And he has this look on his face like, I don't think this guy gets it. And he's right. I didn't get it. I just was like, cool. And he's <laughs> like, do you understand what I'm saying? I said, yeah, yeah, man. You know? <laughs> He could tell I didn't know what he's talking about. And he goes, look, I'm going to say it to you straight because nobody else is going to. He said, here's the deal. Skillet, you have the songs. You have the look. You have this uber positivity about your music. Rock and roll is just now looking for positivity, and you guys have it. He said, to be honest, spirituality is uh, – people are looking for that in mu rock music for the first time in decades. Everybody's faking it. But you actually have it. You've got girls in your band that used to not be popular. Now it's popular. And you've been doing it for a long time. He's like, I'm telling you, you could be the biggest band. You've got to stop talking about Jesus. Don't do Christian shows. Don't do Christian interviews. Don't do Christian radio. Don't talk about being a Christian band because it makes you seem like fake rock and roll. Not a fake Christian. It makes you seem like Diet Coke <laughs> instead of Coke, right? <laughs> I was sitting there staring at him like, oh, wow, okay, I see what he's saying. But then he went into this, the last thing I was about, he went into this sort of thing saying, but look, I'm not saying you have to deny Christ. Just deny Christian music as a title. Don't talk about it. And, and then he said, think about the good that you can do in the world. If you don't talk about Jesus, you can help the poor. You can be positive. You can tell people to be good people. And he actually said to me, he's like, everybody likes Bono. Do what Bono does from you. <laughs> everybody likes Bono. And he said, imagine the good you could do for Jesus if you had a lot of money. You can do that later. And so this is why I started the book with this, because the book is about 
relativism. It's about the absolute truth of Jesus Christ that never, ever changes. The world is telling us that truth is not absolute. And this was the first time that I had heard that sort of, man, I mean, that was deceptive, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. he kind of is true. I mean, I could just be positive and then later talk about Jesus that... He's not wrong in what he's saying. I could just gain a bigger platform. There's so many ways that you could think through Mm -hmm. that. That's right. And he was giving me, quote, good advice. It might not be godly advice. It was good advice. So I started that story to say that basically that was a life-changing moment for me. Not because it changed who I was. It was life-changing because it made me aware of what the enemy was doing. Mm-hmm. And and we made a decision, Corey, mm-hmm. and we talked about it. We we just knew right off the bat, this isn't the Lord. God brought back the scripture to my mind. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. But if you deny me before men, oof, that's, mm-hmm. that's frightening to me. Mm-hmm. And so we said, you know what? Not only are we not going to deny Christ, we're going to get louder for Jesus because (laughs) this thing that's happening that the devil is doing is ripping our young people off and to such a degree that there are so many people that say they're Christians who I think think they're Christians, but we don't know. Do they actually know Jesus? Do they have a relationship with Christ? Is there fruit of repentance or not? And it's a scary place. And so it's time, I believe, for Christian platform people, celebrities, artists, influencers, it's time for us to be very clear about what the gospel is. And that's why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful story. Corey, do you remember that conversation? I mean, was there any Temptation. Temptation, like, yeah, that. maybe we should, or was it just yeah. as soon as uh, John came in and said, here's what this guy said, was it an easy decision? Yeah, I would say it was an easy decision. If somebody says to you, yeah, just deny Christ, it's obvious. Yeah. And we would be like, no. In yeah. fact, now we want to shout it louder because you're trying to get us to deny it. Yeah. So when John came back, it's was like, all right, this smells like the enemy, because he's even trying to paint it in a good way, like, oh, wow, you could have way to a bigger influence, and then you can come out with the Jesus stuff. We're like, no, nah, this this feels like compromise for us, and we're just not doing it. Who would you be had you made the decision to be oh, full man. famous? Someone we hated. Yes, yeah, really? someone, someone, someone I <laughs> someone hate. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to say that when it's in terms of your for own yourself, flesh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I even said that in, in the introduction of the book. It was like, what if we didn't make that decision? You know, what what I think we could, were honestly could have happened is, unfortunately, what I see happening with so much of, of Christian leaders right now, which is very much a watered-down gospel mm-hmm. that is so tame that the world doesn't hate it. Mm-hmm. It's just friendship with the world. I obviously want to be friends with sinners, but I'm not looking to make peace in terms of what, what I believe. I'm not looking to say, hey, don't worry about what Jesus says about A, B, or C, or D, because I know that feels mean to you, so we ignore it. I think what we have now is such a watered-down version of the gospel. I think the best way to say it is that the world is kind of comfortable with Jesus as Savior, but they are not comfortable with Jesus as Lord. Mm -hmm. I think we could see that happening Mm -hmm. by the grace of God that didn't happen, which I'm so very thankful for. But I do have, I have a load of friends that have fallen into that trap. And it it just happens with a little bit of, I think my ideas might be a little better than God's. (laughs) (laughs) It really is what it is, isn't it? I think it might be a better way to evangelize than than what the Bible says. (laughs) I think I have a better way to show that what sin really is than the Bible, and mm-hmm. it just takes you down a, a bad place. And we are seeing the fruit of it now in the church today. 
Yeah, and I think uh, all of us followers of Christ are tempted almost daily hmm. to be quiet or yes. deny. I mean, we're not going to have an agent come up to us and say, hey, this is your future if you do this. But, oh, you know, just a compromise. sitting on an mm-hmm. airplane, I don't know how many times, sitting beside some guy I don't know, and he, he asks this simple question. So what do you do? And there's many times goes through my mind, you know, I could say for years, you know, I'm a pastor or I'm the chaplain of the Detroit Lions. I, there's there's been a time or two where I didn't want to offend the guy. So I'm like, eh, I do marriage stuff for, you know, pro athletes, which is true. Right. But I'm right. afraid to acknowledge in front of some guy I don't even know and will never talk to again. Sometimes, you know, we we in a subtle, small compromise deny and who knows where that little thing will lead. I, I was thinking of a story when I was in seminary. Our president, Ron Jensen, told this story I'll never forget. This is decades ago about being on an airplane. He's the president of this, uh, you know, theological seminary, sitting beside some guy, businessman. They're just hitting it off, talking, having a great time, laughing. He said, man, we're 20, 30 minutes in. We're really enjoying each other. And all of a sudden, the guy asks Ron, hey, so what do you do for a living? And Ron says, oh, I'm the president of a theological seminary in Southern California. And the guy goes, what? Tell me again what you do. I'm the president of a, of a seminary. Uh, it develops Christians that go into ministry. And he says, this guy looks at him and goes, you mean to tell me you're a Christian? And he's all mad. And I'll never forget, Ron just says, I sat there and I looked back at him. And he goes, I turned to him, I go, you mean to tell me you're not? Uh, and the guy looked at him. And I'll never forget, Ron just went on. He goes, I turned to him, I go, do you realize I'm forgiven of all my sins? What do you got? Do you realize? And he goes through, I have a purpose and a destiny in my life. That's what Jesus has given me. What do you have? Do you realize that my marriage is based on the rock of Jesus Christ? I know why I'm married. I know where we're going. What do you got? He goes, I just went on for like and four he, or five minutes. And he wasn't combative. <laughs> no, he, it was he's just really saying, compelling. This is why and this is what I got. What do you got? And he goes, literally, the guy after about a minute of that looked at him and goes, wow, I guess I really don't have much, do I? Wow. And I've never forgotten that because I thought so often we're so soft and we want to be gentle. And I get it. We do. And we want to be tactful and loving to people. But to be bold and to stand up and say, I'm going to do the opposite of deny. I'm going to proclaim boldly who my Lord and Savior is. And like Mm. you said, John, not just my Savior, but my Mm -hmm. Lord who's in control of my life. And, man, I I want to compel you by the love of Christ to the same guy. I mean, that's pretty powerful what you've done mm. with your platform and you guys are compelling yeah. i'm mm. listening to you and a lot of times we hear stories even in our own lives like man when i gave my life to christ even like me like i'm gonna follow jesus no matter what if my friend doesn't like me i don't care i'm gonna follow him you guys still have that love and passion for jesus mm. Why? Oh, How is that true? Still? May it never end, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. May it just increase. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people are listening like, how are they still like that? You've been believers a long time, most of your lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, thank you. And likewise, I mean, I, I've been meeting so many people with this same fire and the same zeal, and it's mm-hmm. been so amazing. I think the times we're in also are making more people aware. You know, it's almost like, you know, you had just said a second ago, we do want to be nice, of course. But we are, Christians have been kind of playing by rules in a game that the world is not really playing by right now, right? If I, I sit down on a plane, the person next to me in no way is embarrassed to tell me yeah. about how much they hate Christianity or mm-hmm. how much they hate 
traditional marriage mm-hmm. or how they hate X, Y, Z, they're not embarrassed at all about pushing what I would call like a humanistic, atheistic agenda. And I'm playing by this rules like, I just want to be nice and love people. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Maybe it's not time for that. Look what it's producing. Mm-hmm. And especially our young people. Our young mm-hmm. people are completely untethered from any sort of absolute truth, any sort of absolute morality. And what is okay in terms of the culture, what what they are told is right and wrong changes on a daily basis, according to TikTok, Hmm. according to the most unimpressive people and most immoral people on the planet are telling all of our young people how to live. So I think for us, it is the passion of the word of God of If you adhere to the word of God, you're not just pleasing God. There are benefits. Your life is stable because it is covenant blessing. It's covenant law keeping. And then God gives you covenant blessing because you are living in accordance with the design of God. And it's such a peaceful place to be. And I meet these young people at shows and they are completely chaotic and they are I'm sure you've seen all the same stuff I am. Young young girls, suicide up 51% year to year. The depression rates up, anxiety rates up. People are pulling their hair out, these young people, because they they are not tethered to anything. That's what gets mm-hmm. me going is, oh, my, if you only knew how wonderful it was mm-hmm. to know Jesus. Yeah. And so we both are passionate about that, right? <clears throat> yeah, and I would say for me, you know, obviously by the grace of God who chose you and made himself known to you. For me, I've, I have always felt that very deep ache of like something's wrong if I don't know him. And the great thing about God is that if you seek him, you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart, right? If it's like the treasure in the field, like if you're willing to give up everything, you will find something that's so far beyond what you could ever get on your own. And I'm like, that's what I want. I don't care about anything else. I just want him in my life. And the more that I have of him, the more I want of him. It's like the crazy addiction of like, I'm just so passionate for you. I can't believe you chose me. I can't believe you love me. And the idea that you love me and have broken into my life, just it just gets me, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to live for you. And I want other people to see you and know you like this because it's the greatest, most deepest fulfillment, just knowing him, period, yes. you know. Good. So, so good. And I don't ever want that to not feel like this. Amen. You know, I didn't That's used right. to cry <clears throat> when I was younger. And around the time I was about 13 years old, I was at a youth retreat. And I, I I knew Jesus as my friend. You know, I would journal all the time, like, Lord, you know, what's going on and, you know, whatever. And these are the things I'm feeling, blah, 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 very, very much so, you know, open with him. And just praying that he would do something in my life more. And I went to this youth retreat and, you know, one of my friends wanted to go up and get prayed for. I'm like, yeah, I'll go up with you because everything's cool with me. I was always, like, cool and not emotional. Um, and so I go up with her and suddenly somebody comes up to me like, I just feel like I need to pray for you. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I don't want her to feel like embarrassed that she missed it because I was totally fine. Um, and so she starts praying for me and I just start weeping. It was like one of the most intense God experiences for me. Hmm. And God just started doing stuff in my life. And since then, every time I talk about him, I cry, which, you know, reading the Bible to your kids, reading a Psalm to your kids and you crying. And like my son's just putting his arm on me like, it's okay, mom. I'm like, I know. I've just, I feel him. I feel love for him so deeply, such gratitude for him so deeply. And I just want to know more and I just want to serve him with my life, you know. That, you know, and that's the beauty of as a parent trying to reach your children for Christ when they see it's real in mom and dad. Yeah. Like we're not doing something we're supposed to do because mm. the pastor or the mm. Bible said we're, 
it's an overflow of what God's doing right now in me. And our child sees that, that's something hard to walk away from. Yeah. Yes, you know, they can is. walk away mm-hmm. from the commandments and things we say, but man, when they, when they see mom and dad and it's real, it draws them back. And so I'm mm-hmm. sitting here just, I'm inspired by your life. Me too. Thinking, man, you know, God's called you to be on stages and on buses and in cities. He's called us and our listeners in different ways to do the exact same thing in the way God has made us and gifted us in our cul-de-sac or apartment or cubicle at work to fall in love with Jesus and then shine in whatever way. You're doing it through music. We're doing it our way. Man, whatever God's called you to do, follow him absolutely fully and watch God use you in a powerful, powerful way. It's not going to look the same as your life or our life, but it is going to be a legacy that changes the world. Mm, Amen. I believe that. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact couples in your neighbourhood? Consider joining with us at Power to Change to lead a home builder's couples marriage workshop that focuses on practically applying the truth of scripture to our lives. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website, families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab for more information and to get started today. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today.